0: Welcome back to Everything is Public Health. I'm MJ. And I'm Cass. Both of us are glasses wearers. Yep. Unfortunately, we are not the lucky few with perfect vision. I can't even imagine like opening your eyes first thing in the morning and just being able to see.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you know anyone with perfect vision? That's infuriating to
1: As me. an adult? Oh, um, I don't... Hard, right? I don't know very many. And anybody who has perfect vision had corrective surgery, LASIK or whatever. Right. I don't know of anybody who just like... perfect fit oh you know what maybe you do holy crap i think my sister my sister doesn't wear glasses or contacts
0: And she never got surgery. She just. No, she just. I'm so jealous of those people. Like, what do you mean you could just open your eyes and see?
1: I really wanted to get LASIK. Like I really wanted to get it fixed and not have to wear glasses and all that kind of stuff. But I have really, really good up close vision. And actually my vision as I'm getting older is getting better. And so my doctor was like, really don't think that you should get LASIK because you might sacrifice some of your up close vision and end up having to wear reading glasses.
0: Oh, that's, I don't like that. If
1: your eyes continue to sort of get better. So my dad, I have the same eyes as my dad, which is really, really good up close vision and long range vision that has gotten at least sort of tapered off and then sort of starting to get better. Like my new, my new prescription, I was just at the eye doctor a couple months ago. Uh-huh. My left eye dropped a quarter of a correction.
0: Nice. Woot. Woot, woot indeed. Did your optometrist tell you why this, why this may be happening?
1: No. No. We talked a little bit about how my dad has the same kind of thing going on, but I personally think that it's because I don't wear contacts all the time. And so I'm not straining through corrective lenses to see stuff up close. Like I give my eyes a break and take my glasses off for things, but that's just my own hypothesis. Oh, I see. It's
0: not based in research. Got it. Okay. (laughs) Listeners, that was not based in research. Nope. (laughs) Just (laughs) wanted to throw that out there. That was Cass's opinion. Yeah.
1: My own hypothesis. Uh,
0: So just real quick, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but one of the reasons why people may experience a slight improvement in vision later in life you're too early to qualify, but like people in their 60s, they might experience a slightly improvement of vision There's two types of optical problem. There's a lens problem and there's a muscle problem. Your lens needs to be pulled by your muscles to focus. So it's more like as your muscles get weaker, you'll hit this sweet spot where it sort of compensates your lens in the correct way. And then after that, they improve their vision for a few years and then it deteriorates again. Anyway, not that anyone needs to know this. My point is (laughs) (laughs) eyes are important. You know, it's one of those things that we take for granted. Remember that we did an episode about why teeth aren't a part of the body. Uh, where we talked about the historical reasons why dental insurance is separate from health insurance. Do you remember that one?
1: Yes, I do remember. And I don't know why, but James and I were just talking about this this morning about how it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Your teeth are bones that grow out of your skull, but they don't get counted as a part of your body. I don't remember what prompted that, but we spent like, I don't know, 15 minutes this morning talking about dental insurance. And actually we were talking about eyeballs too. And how like, why do you have separate, man, I just like had a premonition that we're going (laughs) to talk about this today.
0: Connected the dots. So yeah, so today is the eye portion of that. Type of episode. A why isn't the eyes a part of the body?
1: Why aren't MJ can't grammar? That's right, MJ
0: can't grammar. Why aren't <laughs> the eyes a part of the body? And it has its own set of insurance, as many people. No, not surprisingly, the story is a lot more complicated than I anticipated. Uh, First, I just want to say that historians are important, okay? especially historians that study niche things because they help document the progression of things. Sometimes in real time, if you're like a modern historian, I had such a hard time finding good sources on the history of vision insurance that all of this is going to be incredibly vague because that's all the stuff that I could find on the Internet. So. Bear with me.
1: I just want to also plus one historians. I I love history. I think it's great. Had I discovered my love of history when I was earlier in my undergrad career, I might have gone a entirely different direction with my training and education. But it's amazing. I have an even greater appreciation for historians now that... <laughs> Now
0: that everything in, is falling apart. With the Supreme Court apart. decision,
1: in the Bruin <laughs> Supreme Court decision, and we're required to rely on history and sort of the text and tradition and being able to have historians who are knowledgeable in so many different topics to be able to craft effective arguments. It's anyway, perhaps to historians.
0: Yes, legal historians too are a whole different type of beast. So why vision insurance is set up is separate have to do with the issue that what optometry is and isn't. So similar to dentistry, the job of an optometrist was not considered medicine for the longest time. It was considered a trade. And as you know, the medical establishment at that stage was very snobby and <laughs> wanted to elevate and maintain their status. And as a result, result when they were deciding what is and isn't medicine, more quote unquote trade-like professions like dentistry and optometry were left out. And as a result, they sort of had to fend for themselves and sort of develop their own school, like dental schools and optometry schools and develop their own business practices. Just by tradition, they evolved separately. Now I'm going to interject some social commentary by MJ.
1: Shocker. I can't believe that you're <laughs> going to throw something out there. I never would have guessed.
0: <gasps> so there's tension between what's considered medicine and what isn't considered medicine. Similarly to how health insurance will cover traumatic facial injuries, but not cavities. And health insurance will cover things like things that require surgery, like close angled glaucoma, which is a eye emergency when your pressure builds up in your eye. But preventative stuff, health insurance does not cover traditional. All that preventative stuff like, you know, dental checks and vision tests, health insurance doesn't cover. And I feel like a part of this has to do with... Because other countries figured this out, more or less. Like A part of this has to do with the individualism of this country that we've mentioned many times, that the whole discussion of what is preventative has been tainted by the idea that preventative things like dental care and eye care are personal responsibilities rather than a public service.
1: Which to me is so frustrating from a public health perspective... Preventative screening is such an important tool to catch things early. Yeah. Like, what is it? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? So if we can keep something from escalating to a major emergency that might require surgery hospitalization etc it seems like that would be in the best interest of us as a populace yeah and we do you go get a physical exam doctor looks in your mouth they're really looking at your throat Yeah, they're not not checking your your mouth for oral cancer that's the dentist right you would have to get your mouth checked i have an exceptionally thorough dentist i don't know if we've talked about this before but like she checks like my jaw, my cheeks, my tongue.
0: Feel your face. Oh yeah, yeah she,
1: all over the place, which I really appreciate because yeah. Like, no offense to my doctor, who's also great, but she's not all up in there checking that kind of stuff out when, no, when there. she's
0: looking at your throat. And
1: but it, it just seems so counterintuitive to public health to not include that kind of preventative and or diagnostic stuff in health care for our teeth, our skull bones, skull bones. Yes, that's what teeth <laughs> are skull, skull bones. bones. And, uh, and eyeballs.
0: Yeah. When I was a kid, I would hate a thorough dentist. But now that as an adult, I was like, I love a thorough dentist. Like I'm here. F- I've already blocked out two hours of my time. You might as well just do what you need to do. When you get older, you appreciate things you don't used to. Where was I? Okay, so as a result, when the concept of health insurance, which was not that old, people used to pay everything out of pocket, but when the concept of health insurance was being codified and enshrined into policy, no one had the public health foresight to include eye care in health insurance.
1: To be fair, I'm sure some people had the foresight to want to include it. They just didn't win.
0: That's true. I feel like this is why historians are important. I want to know who was in the room saying that, hey, maybe we should include dental and vision. And they were just sort of like shot down by other people. But anyway... As a result, when the cost of eyeglasses and routine eye exam increased, the optometry world did what was logical, like sort of what the dentistry world did. They created their own insurance and their own business model because they were left out by health insurance when it was being codified.
1: So I don't know if you've ever seen this, but my my dentist, I don't know if my eye doctor does this also, but you were just talking about sort of the insurance industry for optometry, my dentist's office has their own insurance. Like one single office offers their own insurance, which just imagine if you went to your doctor's office and they were like, oh, we'll, you know, we have our own little niche health insurance plan for you. Doesn't, <laughs> I mean, large health systems, sure, Kaiser and, and whatnot, but
0: yeah, like these Hopkins, s- yeah. small
1: little ones. So it's And I think there are some eye doctor's offices that probably have something similar, but it just boggles my mind that this is where we are, that little individual clinics might be offering their own insurance because we have failed to properly incorporate this into the larger health insurance system.
0: Yeah. I would take a guess in saying that that office probably serves a lot of people so that they could pull this off. Anyway, now some econ bros out there might hop out of the bush and say, well, you know, (laughs) like... The reason why vision and dental insurance are kept separate is that the risk calculation for vision insurance is fundamentally different than health insurance, which is true because when you're buying health insurance, you're kind of buying car insurance in a sense that you're preventing a catastrophe more or less. Like that's kind of what health insurance is there for. When it comes to vision and dental, it's more of like a long term thing. Like you're getting checkups every year. So that makes the risk calculation different. But still, like I'm sure some brilliant mathematician out there and statistician can find a way that we can integrate dental and vision into health insurance. I don't know how that's gonna happen, but I do want to, you know, not the devil's advocate, because this is actually a valid point. The risk calculations are different, but to bring up the other side, just to make things a little balanced.
1: We have different risk calculations for different health-related issues. Yeah, so So I'm sure
0: there's a way to do it. If
1: you're a smoker, you might pay different insurance. If you have some kind of pre-existing condition, although that's no longer, you can't be denied insurance, but right, you might have some some pre-existing condition that might impact your risk calculation. You might have a job that makes you more likely to experience different kinds of injuries, although that would be likely work compensation. So side note, but there has to be a way that you could say, like, even if it was just everybody needs to do X, Y, and Z things, like we cover vaccines and other kind of preventive health care that we would want. So like, why wouldn't that be worked in in the same way as other preventive and screening services?
0: If there is a mathematician, statistician, or an Econ bro out there who would love to answer this question for us, we would love to hear it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure it's possible to do it. It's just that tradition has sort of barred that from happening for the large part. So that's the gist of the history vision insurance and as a result like dentistry our health policies and healthcare system really does not prioritize eye care and this is a big issue like knowing what we know now eye care should be a part of healthcare and it is a public health motive to make it so so now we're going to discuss why eye care is public health so i feel like vision is one of those things that we just all take for granted not even that i feel like a lot of us takes glasses and contacts for granted like a lot of us just assume that people have access to like glasses and contacts. But.
1: Oh, I don't because they are expensive as. F-
0: Oh, well, I do now because I have to pay for them now. When I was a kid, I did not have to pay for them. So I was like, oh, yeah, like if you have nearsightedness, just go get glasses. But I think a lot of people take just to being the ability to see for granted because we use it so much.
1: Well, and there's a really great program in Baltimore, and I'm sure there are programs in other places, too, where kids in schools would get screened and then they would get glasses. Because if you think about if you can't read the board and read what the teacher's writing on the board or read the slides, like how can you be expected to learn? These are not cheap. There are some companies that are doing their best to increase access, which I appreciate, but no, you're right, it's a pain.
0: It is a pain. I went through a few months where I couldn't see the board and I never want to go back because it's like, I was just like squinting. I have to like move up. It's so annoying.
1: When did you first get glasses? Uh, high school. Yeah, me too. I was a junior in high school and I probably should have gotten them. Sooner. In junior high, but it wasn't super bad. Things were just fuzzy and it just gave me a headache all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you can imagine that, you know, fortunately for us, we had the means to get glasses, but you can imagine how that impacts a child's academic performance if they maybe can't get glasses immediately or can't get the care that they needed or or whatever, right? So we were fortunate enough to get glasses. Yeah, this is a huge deal. Like I don't understand why this is not prioritized. So first thing to point out paying for glasses and vision exams. Not even the complicated exams, just like the simple regular annual exam out of pocket is not cheap. The frame is separate from the lens. So you need to pay for the frame and the lens for them to like cut and shape the lens. And that's easily, I want to say $250 plus. Oh,
1: yeah. Try again.
0: (laughs) Wait, is that too low or too high? Too low. Too low. Uh, Do you know Uh, what's the cost out of pocket? Uh, So
1: the last time I got glasses from my eye doctor. Uh Uh-huh. I personally, out of pocket, after insurance paid almost seven hundred dollars. What did you what? Or glasses and lenses? And that was after like, you know, a couple hundred dollars covered by my insurance. So I no longer buy glasses what from glasses the eye are doctor. Yeah, you, you, you know, they they don't okay. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant. Sure. I think some vision clinics, I'm not necessarily saying mine, <laughs> but some vision clinics, I think make a not insignificant portion of their operating expenses by selling frames yeah, and probably, lenses, yeah. right? Getting you to buy them from them. And they are incentivized to not have cheap lenses and or cheap frames, excuse me, because they want to make more money yeah. off of them. So some of these frames are like three or $400. These like bougie frames. Wait, I'm
0: getting cheap frames. Then. My
1: point is at some clinics, you can't always find cheaper frames. James's glasses, because he has some complicated eye stuff, his last out-of-pocket cost was $1,100. What? So we now buy glasses from Warby Parker. So. Oh,
0: me too. I, I like Warby Parker. They're they're quite nice.
1: Well, I like Warby Parker because it's not stupidly expensive and they donate pairs of glasses every time they sell one.
0: Yeah, it's nice. So it just goes to show you, like, just because they evolve separately doesn't mean they're not at the whims of how insurance operates. So the vision world also have their financial incentive and sometimes it's out of control.
1: Another consideration 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 i sometimes wear contacts
0: yeah me too and
1: sometimes i wear glasses if you use your vision insurance to buy glasses they often won't cover contacts and vice versa
0: you're absolutely right (laughs) so
1: i do a thing where i would buy glasses one year and contacts the next year even though my prescription might have changed i would suffer through wearing the wrong prescription for an extra year because it's just it's crazy expensive
0: it's stupid expensive so think about this, like even we as people with the means to pay for something because of the costs are refusing to like, think about what if you can't pay for it? What if you don't have the insurance? How much am I cost? Apologies. I said glasses and lens were $250. That is my bad.
1: Well, it depends if you're just doing like a super simple lens and maybe you don't have a strong prescription, then you can get away with a cheaper lens. But if you've got a really strong prescription like James, he has to get specially made lenses. Otherwise, he's got the Coke bottle kind of lenses where his eyeballs look weird. So there's that.
0: Just just the frame and lens, the exam itself can range, out of pocket, can range anywhere from 90 to $250. It's not beyond reason that if someone doesn't have health insurance, or sorry, if someone doesn't have vision insurance, that they just don't get the exam. It's perfectly reasonable because it's like dental stuff. Vision stuff is also a slow burn. You shouldn't, but you can often like wait until things get really bad for you to do anything, uh, which is not in the heart of what preventative medicine is.
1: Right, and you're talking about the cost of the exam, but insurance itself can be pricey. If you are not getting vision insurance, that's part of your employment, sort of employee sponsored. while it's not as expensive as health insurance. It can still it
0: still cost money. Yeah, it,
1: it's not. Totally cheap. Also, you're not required by law to have vision insurance. So a lot of people just don't opt into that because it's not part of the piece. I will say, again, this is not a Warby Parker episode. We are not sponsored. Yeah, not sponsored. But they do a thing in the app where they can check your vision using the app to verify your prescription. I find
0: that incredible. And then
1: you like don't have to go through a full-on Eye exam. I haven't used it and I've only seen the tagline in the email and skimmed it briefly. But like I just want to say that there are folks who are recognizing the prohibitive cost associated sometimes with this and trying to make it a little bit easier.
0: As much as I hate capitalism, there are moments like this where entrepreneurs just like break the system that I absolutely love because sometimes change is needed.
1: Side note, the folks who created Warby Parker told somebody about their idea to make glasses cheaper and more accessible. And they were laughed at. They were like, you can't possibly do that. That's not a thing. You're going to fail miserably. <laughs> And now they're like, ha And look
0: where they are now. <laughs>
1: they're actually opening brick and mortar stores now too.
0: Yes, I, I've been to one in, uh, in, in Baltimore. And uh, similar to Netflix, who killed Blockbuster. Although Netflix is struggling through its own issues right now. So maybe that's not a good example. But anyway, so like you mentioned, around half of Americans, I was like shocked by this number. Half of Americans do not have any form of vision insurance. Another point, Medicare does not include routine eye exam or glasses services.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Which is... Really dumb. Do
1: you have to get supplemental coverage then for, yes, me, for people for who have eye Medicare?
0: stuff hmm. for Medicare?
1: What about Medicaid?
0: Medicaid varies obviously state by state, but also not great in terms of covering eye stuff. Medicare will only cover high risk conditions, such as if you have like really severe glaucoma or really severe cataracts, they would cover that. But this goes back to the whole divide about like what is and isn't medicine. The health insurance is quick to cover catastrophes, but they don't think about the value of like preventative care. So, yeah, as a result, this means a lot of people in this country are not getting routine eye exam and perhaps not getting the corrective lenses they needed, which. So it is a myth that if you don't wear glasses, your vision gets worse, but it does increase your eye strain if you don't get glasses.
1: Also, think about like from a public health perspective, all of the things that we do that would require us to be able to see like driving
0: very dangerous
1: <laughs> and if if there are a lot of folks who don't have vision insurance and might not be getting screened i'm not saying all of those people would require glasses but that's alarming that there are folks driving around who might not be able to see. I could not imagine getting behind the wheel of a car without my glasses or contacts.
0: Yeah, but that's the case. Like not having the corrective lenses may not be as bad as it sounds, but it's still not a good thing. You want people to get the corrective lenses so that they could see clearly both to you know reduce eye strain, which is bad, and also just because so they can function in their normal lives. Like think about students who can't see the board. Your optometrist isn't just looking at your eyes for no reason, okay? Those exams, they're meant to be routine Screening, so preventative measures to try and catch problems early. So they have the one where they look into your eyeball with a very sharp light from the side that they're checking your retina and they're doing. Do you have the I hate the puff of air test? Ugh.
1: Oh, my God. Every time I'm sitting there and I know it's coming and I still jump every single time. At least it's not like the poke. Like they used to actually put something out and touch your eyeball, which that was No. I'd rather have the puff of air. It just alarms me.
0: Yeah. So they're testing for things that are actually important. They're testing for macular degeneration, retinopathy, glaucoma, cataracts, or other sort of severe visual impairment. These are serious things. Like there is such thing as like retina cancer or retina, blood vessel stuff. Detachment. Yes.
1: You can have your retinas can detach.
0: Yeah, so they're checking for things that if they caught early would save you a lot of trouble down the line, which is why preventative measures are important.
1: Exactly. This is the core of public health. This podcast is about public health. And one of the most important pillars of public health is prevention. Can we keep something from happening in the first place? If we can't, can we minimize some of the harms when something has happened? Or in the worst case scenario, can we try to help rehabilitate someone to get them back to where they need to be, right? And routine eye screening is that preventive pillar that we need to be doing to make sure that we are catching things earlier as opposed to later when it might be catastrophic or otherwise burden an individual or a system because of emergencies and those kinds of things. So prevention is important.
0: Yeah. Our urgent care and emergency departments are already overtaxed. So any sort of preventive measure is a good thing and people should do more of it. So just to wrap up the scale of this issue, so we already mentioned half of the people don't have any form of health insurance. 12 million people over 40 years old have vision impairment of some sort. Typically, these can be corrected by lenses or other things, but still 4.2 million of them have uncorrectable vision impairment. So things that are perhaps uh, cataracts where you need surgery that you can't just use lenses to to fix or you know blindness is we didn't even talk about blindness like blindness is a huge source of disability in this country and vision loss is a top 10 disability according to the cdc and by 2050 which unfortunately is not that long in the future, these numbers are expected to double uh, in terms of vision impairment and uncorrectable vision impairments. So the scale of this is huge.
1: Vision loss is an important disability impacting many folks in the U.S. and across the world. Mm -hmm. We've really been thinking about this in the context of the U.S. system, but other countries, low and middle income countries, uh, may have even more challenges for folks who have vision impairment Um, But in the U.S., vision loss is among uh, the top 10 disabilities. And so this is a really important public health issue because, again, thinking about the burden and the potential impact on individuals and populations.
0: Yeah. And how easy it is to prevent this just by rethinking how our, our vision insurance works. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of everything is public health eye care is public health and we hope that this episode makes you appreciate your eyes and vision even more
1: new episodes are released every thursday on spotify apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast Please give us a rating and a review. It helps the show immensely. Also, if you haven't already, get your flu shot. Yes,
0: I almost forgot about it. Get your flu shot. Uh, if you're eligible, get your COVID boosters as well. Send us questions or comments to everythingispublichealth at gmail.com. Reach out if you think we've missed an important perspective or suggest a future episode topic.
1: Follow us on Twitter at everythingisph or Instagram at everythingispublichealth. You can also find me on Twitter at Dr. Krafassi. More information regarding this episode can be found in the show notes below.
0: Listeners, we have a Patreon page that is also our website. Visit the site for all major updates and bonus material. If you want to support the podcast directly, you can support us on our Patreon page as well. You can find a link in the episode description below.
1: And remember, everything is public health.
0: Everything is public health.